0: From Relay FM, this is Connected episode 163. Today's show is brought to you by Blue Apron, Bomfell, and Mac Weldon. My name is Stephen Hackett, and I'm joined by Federico Vettici. Hola, Federico. Hello, uh, hello Mike. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Yeah. And to the second Stephen Hackett. Hello, Stephen.
1: Hmm.
0: I'm finding any the- way I can to avoid the naming thing, so I'm just like.
1: Hmm. Mm. Co-opted my I'm name. Trying to throw you off. You st- you've stolen my identity. Is what you've done. Yep.
0: It didn't work this week, though. You didn't do it, so worked perfectly for mm. me. Crime
1: doesn't pay, Mike. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. We should do follow up, right? That's what, where we start. I, I don't know what we're doing anymore. You stole my name. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm supposed to do in the show. Yeah. You see, when things go wrong, they can they can mess you right up. And so now I'm putting it on you. I'm putting that hate
0: on you. Um, I'm
2: all telling right. you, it all started going downhill when we dropped the sound effects for the follow up. That was that a long was a time a ago, point. man. That was, that was like that 163 <laughs> weeks ago, <laughs> three years ago. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> oh. Really went downhill when we started our own podcast company. That yeah. was really <laughs> should have should have stayed where we were. Okay, so follow up. Kate Matthews, uh, friend of the show, friend of all the shows, great friend, has made has made a dongle duffel mm-hmm.
0: out of and
1: paper. Out of paper. There's a Ethernet. Thunderbolt dongle in one of these pictures for scale. This is the most adorable thing I've ever seen. It even it's has a little awesome. movable
0: shoulder strap.
1: There's like a there's like a
0: tweet thread, a really important hashtag thread that we're going to put in the show notes, um, which has all of the pictures and gifts that you want to see of Kate's unbelievable work, who is in the chat room yeah. right now. Thank you, Kate, for your uh, incredible mastermind that you have to create these mm-hmm. wonderful works. This is
2: lovely. I imagine if this. If the Smurfs had a dongle problem, this is the kind of duffel they would want. You know, it's yep. just perfect. We see these, this case tiny- color,
0: these colors, they are chosen because I have a knock case that Brad and Jeff made in this color way. So, Kate, Kate understands. They call it unicorn buff, the color way. Um, and oh, that's, wow. that's how the dongle duffel is. So, I am petitioning Brad and Jeff, to try and make one of these for me. Uh, I don't know how well I'm doing on that front yet. He keeps saying, yeah, yeah, we'll do it, but I think that means he won't do it. Um, so I'm trying, I'm trying to get him to make one for me so we can have a real-life dongle duffel. Yeah, dongle duffel
1: IRL, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've been speaking about reachability in context of the iPhone 10, and Mike, I think you're the one who brought it up where in iOS 11, reachability doesn't work to invoke uh, notification center or yep. I guess the cover sheet, whatever it's called today. I used to, right? So you could double tap the home button and then you could pull down from the center and you get your notifications that hasn't worked on iOS 11. There's a story on Mac rumors saying that uh, Craig Federighi has replied to an email, which is how all news is broken now saying uh, four words, we are fixing it. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I guess they're going to fix it. I don't know. There you go. Yeah, the the Cr-
0: Craig it. Eleven point one beta two is out. It's not fixed there, so maybe it'll be fixed before the release. I mean, there's still a couple of weeks, I guess, before eleven one comes out. Maybe it'll be in there. Right. Um, I I think that this. I, I think that they've done something to rewrite some of this reachability stuff for the iPhone ten, um, and something's gone wrong here. Yeah, because there's a lot of like weird things that have happened, right? You know, like the multitasking gesture thing went away and came back. Now reachability is broken, but it's going to be fixed. Like some stuff is going on with Springboard Um and I expect it's something to do with the the next iPhone, just the way that a lot of that stuff's going to work.
1: It, it may be like how iWork was, you know, they sort of reworked iWork and then they're like, oh, all this stuff we got rid of, we have to add back. Yeah. Or when they redid Final Cut, it's a pretty common thing with Apple software. I think it's pretty well understood Springboard got, got a lot of work this year. And so they're sort of like adding back things as they go and Maybe they're using customer feedback as a metric. Maybe no one really complained about this in the beta, so it didn't get resolved. And now people are realizing that it was out intentionally, and now they're saying something, so Apple's prioritizing it. I I think that sort of workflow would be really interesting to have um, a view into. But I'm glad it's coming back because I I don't use reachability very much, but I can imagine that people who do, and we heard from lots of people who do, that this is uh, a big part of it. So I'm glad to see that they're going to be bringing it back for those users. Me too.
2: Yeah, I think Mike has a point about that something is going on with Springboard because even if you look at the second beta of iOS 11.1 and the way that they brought back the 3D touch um, gesture to invoke the app switcher, it's obviously different from the previous version and it's kind of inspired by the iPhone X in that not only can you press longer to open the full app switcher, but you can press slightly and then swipe to just navigate between apps, which is kind of inspired by the same gesture on the iPhone 10. And it seems to me like they're sort of trying to rewrite the entire stack yep. to make sure that it's somehow consistent between different iPhones. Even if of course on the iPhone 10 it's all gestures. And on this, you know, on the iPhone 7 and on the iPhone 8, it's still 3D touch and the home button. But I think they're sort of rewriting that for consistency, which explains why they didn't have the time to do so this summer with the eleven beta phase mm-hmm.
1: yeah i can I can buy that so uh moving on to another i o s feature do not disturb was a big topic last week uh Kyle pointed out that you can have do not disturb override for individual users, so this is i guess it works in conjunction with the favorites list or sort of on top of the favorites list. Um, you can allow someone to be in that emergency bypass list. Uh, I don't know if this is new in 11, but uh, it's it's there. He pointed it out. So I'm going to say that it's new and that he discovered it. How ugly is that UI?
0: It's the worst. It's a so so little bad. popover.
1: It's like you're looking
0: at the contact entry, right, in case you can't see the picture. Um, and you hit where it says ringtone and then like a mini... I don't even know what you'd call it, like a mini scrollable list pops up in a popover. It's a really just not good looking uh, piece of UI. There's so many lines, all right? And none of the lines match up, right? Obviously, because it just, yeah, it's bad. It's bad news. Uh, but it's there if you want it. It's a good feature to have. It means that like you don't have to have your doctor in your favorites list, for example, right? <laughs> like Because yeah. I don't need that. Uh, but now you can do that. But now you can set them as, a, as an individual.
1: Uh, we also got some feedback from Maurice and JXPX777 on Twitter that the old Sony Ericsson phones had Do Not Disturb based on context mm-hmm. as early as 2005. So you could set up profiles like home, meeting, etc., cetera, and the phone would automatically switch to the meeting profile, for instance, when you had an appointment on your calendar and then switch back at the end. Basically the exact thing we talked about. Sony was uh, crushing this game in 2005 this makes me quite sad <laughs> that in 2017 my iPhone can't do this, but uh, there you go. Sony Ericsson once again leading the way. Is that once again? And Is that once again? Why? Man, Why those we phones were again? awesome. Okay, they were they were awesome. You never mm-hmm. had a Sony Ericsson phone? I
0: used to have Sony Ericsson great. Walkman phone.
1: Oh yeah! Wow. Yeah. It was like it the, was great. the precursor to the uh, the Rocker
0: man. I think it was actually. Was it was like black and yeah. orange uh w uh oh, no, yeah. it's w something it was one of the w series ones i'll see if i can find it oh uh, well, here it is it's the uh w8 wow ten this w810i that's what i had was... i
1: can get one for $35 on ebay
0: why do you want that though don't start branching out into sony Ericsson products i'm going to give it to you <laughs> i don't want it this. though i really don't want it like i it was great when i had it uh, but I don't need it anymore. Like it had a it had a camera on it, a two megapixel with autofocus camera. Um, and it had some mm. games on it as well. Like this was the phone that I had before the iPhone. Like this was my last phone before the iPhone. And I love this phone.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, of course you did because it had cool do not disturb features.
0: Of course. <laughs> I don't think I was worried about that, but sure.
1: I mean, you had a lot of meetings in 2005. Yeah, of course, a bunch of Android phones can do this. We heard from a bunch of people. Yep. Again, Like, it's time for Apple to do something. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the moral of the story here. Come on, Apple. It's uh, it's
0: no excuse. Talking about it being time to do something. Federico,
1: <laughs> does Google Docs <laughs> yeah.
0: have drag and drop? Um, I'm going to say that in Italian.
2: Mm-hmm. If people can understand, no.
0: Okay, great. So if can people you say can more slowly, yeah, just so we louder, make so sure can people can that. pick it up,
2: maybe even m- with more of an Italian accent and yeah. pronunciation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Okay, great. No. So if people yeah, can yeah. translate what that means, then they'll
1: get the answer yes. for themselves. It's like a treasure hunt. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. Google Translate should be able to to figure out that it's Italian. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: hope so. Uh, so we do have a couple of announcements here at the end to follow up. Uh we will be live in Chicago on Sunday. Uh unfortunately tickets are sold out, but if you have a ticket, we will see you yep. uh Sunday from six to eight PM. This is gonna actually be the the first
0: real live recording of Connected. Like the first hey, What do you time. mean yeah.
2: real? Because well, was...
0: the last time we did it, we were only all together for like fifteen minutes.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. But that was real, though. Right? It's not yeah. a connected if John Syracuse is in it.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Gray and Jason and Red. Everybody was in that thing. This is going to be the first time that the three of us sit down and do a full show with follow-up and everything.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to
2: do follow-up live. Follow-up live. Um, Can people uh, follow up from the audience? Is that, is that no, possible? Okay. absolutely Silence not. from the audience. Okay. No, <laughs> don't like <don't want> that. <laughs> <laughs> i just, just asking, guys, and I need to be mm-hmm. upset.
1: We've got to set that precedent now. Yeah. Uh you can throw flowers at us at the end though. Yeah. That's that's fine. And Federico uh, uh will allow underwear to be thrown at him too.
2: Hmm. Uh, wait, what?
1: Nothing what? nothing.
2: Okay. Cool. Okay.
1: You should be there on time because there's gonna be a special opening act, maybe, potentially. Yep. Most most definitely. Yeah. And um for the Friday before, so Friday, uh, October thirteenth, is that is that Friday? The spookiest day of the year. Spookiest day of the year. We are doing a meetup at the Field Notes headquarters in Chicago. Mm -hmm. There's a link in the show notes to a Facebook event uh, that has all the details in it. We'd love to see you. So we will be there that evening uh, hanging out. Mm -hmm. And then we will be doing the uh, live show on Sunday. And all three of us will be at the Release Notes conference. So if you're going to Release Notes, be sure to say, hey. Uh, Like We're going to be in Chicago for seven days. It's going to be a fun week together. So that's... uh, so if the next show sounds exciting and people are screaming, it's because we're live. Not not because someone's broken in mega office. It's because if people are seeing Federico,
0: everyone's just going to start screaming.
1: Yeah. I have a... I rented a fog machine, so Federico could come out and... Uh...
0: <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> it's going to be really good.
0: And a whim machine. For when he's doing yeah. His you got to keep that hair monologue. moving. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Today's show is brought to you by Blue Apron, the number one recipe delivery service with the freshest ingredients. For less than $10 a meal, Blue Apron will deliver to you seasonal recipes with fresh, high-quality ingredients to let you make delicious home-cooked meals in 40 minutes or less. So how do they do all of this? Well, number one, they have incredibly high standards for their ingredients. They also offer a freshness guarantee that promises that every ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook or they will make it right. Their mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone while supporting a more sustainable food system. And they make it easy for you by giving a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card and pre-portioned ingredients. You can choose from a variety of new recipes every single week, or let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you. You'll be able to cook meals like cheesy chicken and black bean enchiladas with salsa verde, shrimp marinara with spaghetti, spinach, and parsley, or spiced cauliflower and pepper with jasmine rice and cilantro yogurt sauce. There's no weekly commitment. You only get those deliveries when you want them, and when you do, you're going to be able to cook this amazing food and learn these fantastic skills, so you will not only be cooking great food and putting it on the table for you and your loved ones to enjoy, you'll also be learning some great Great skills along the way to apply to any time you want to stand in front of the stove. Check out this week's menu and get three meals free of your first purchase, including free shipping, by going to blueapron.com/connected. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home cooked meals at Blue Apron. So get started today by going to blueapron.com/connected. We'd like to thank Blue Apron
1: for their support of this show. Blue Apron: A better way to cook. So we have a mini topic here. We're going to talk about my my MacBook Pro for a second. Uh, And, Mike, I want to talk about yours, too. So, we both have the late 2016 13-inch MacBook Pro. My iKey has a little piece of debris under it. Now, these keyboards are very thin, Mm -hmm. and they're kind of loud. And I like the way they sound. They don't feel super great. But they seem to be very prone to failing when they have any bit of debris or, like, sandwich crumb or, you know, little microscopic piece of dust under the keyboard so my the i key basically got real spongy and wasn't working apple has a support document on how to clean the keyboard basically use compressed air and like hold it at 30 degrees it's all very very complicated and it didn't work and now my i key actually is broken the bottom little brackets is like flop around so if i hit the key too hard to make it you know actually work then the bottom of the key flies off it's uh it's really not oh (laughs) not awesome (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so I was going to take it to the Apple Store. I said last week that those trips come in threes. This is the third, oh. but they couldn't guarantee they'd have it back to me in time for me to come to Chicago. Uh, I didn't. I need a laptop for Chicago because we have edited a bunch of shows, and so I am bringing, uh, I guess, ninety nine percent of my MacBook Pro with me next week, and I'm very upset about it because it's the keyboard is not good, and it is not. Uh, it is not a. It's not a good, not a good system.
2: As someone who's used a MacBook Air with a bunch of broken keys for a few years, really, I think you're maybe overreacting here, man. It's fine. You can keep using that computer. <sighs> like, I speak from experience, really. You just need to press hard on the naked logic board, and it's kind of fine. It's, <laughs> it's okay. You can see the light peeking through uh, the computer. It's actually kind of dope. Like it's a, like, it's one of the like when Nintendo used to make the transparent Game Boy and you could see the inside. Mm. You know, that's yeah. basically the same visual. Really, basic. Yeah, you should actually pay more to get that kind of look mm. on your computer. Wow, maybe. Yeah.
0: So maybe. I uh, I have an issue with my keyboard. Um, everybody knows about my issue because it's the same issue that Marco had of his keyboard because I bought the keyboard from him. Um, and I, every now and then, I can't remember what key it is, but it's one of the vowel keys. It's either the I or the O. Uh, it, gets, it gets stuck every now and then in the same way, right? Like that you have, Stephen, but it's not so bad. Like I don't have it every single time. I probably would if I used it every single day, right? Like it would be a problem that would hit me more. But I do notice a weirdness to the keyboard at points where it's like, oh, this doesn't feel right. Like something's lodging this. there is a There is a problem. There is a widespread problem with these keyboards. Like it is a thing um there are lots of like personal reports but the amount of people that i've known this to happen to it shows as an issue especially as well when apple creates like a specific kbase article for this right like it's very specific with very specific instructions and images um with macbooks that appear to somehow be glued to somebody's disembodied arm uh, when they create something like this it is a an obvious problem, right? Like hold your Mac book hold your notebook. Your Mac notebook. Mac notebook at a seventy five degree angle. So it's not quite vertical. Use compressed air. Like all of this stuff, I think it shows that there's something going on there. hmm
1: It's not it's not a good situation. It's it's frustrating. So I I'm curious with mine because the tabs are broken if they're gonna give me grief and try to charge me for it, which I would I, I'm not gonna take well. Uh but hopefully they'll be okay. I've, I've talked to some people who've had similar failures and Apple basically seems to take care of them. It's still under Apple care, obviously. So hopefully it will be pretty painless, but I expect to spend, you know, several days without my laptop pretty soon because the iKey's broken. I can't live like you, Federico. I can't, I can't do it. I don't mm. have, the, I don't have the, the patience and wisdom that you do.
2: Yeah. It was really not wisdom. It was just, <laughs> I was too lazy to get a new computer. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh But yeah, I get, like, seriously, you use uh, your MacBook all day, and if something... I mean, I was at the beach. I was on vacation, and my iPad was bent, and I drove back from my vacation to Rome just to exchange my iPad, because I just couldn't live with it. So I can imagine, like, if this kind of thing happened to my main computer, I would exchange it right away, so I totally understand. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's also not a good look. It looks ugly, and... I'm so relieved that I'm now using a new MacBook Pro. I mean, a 2015 one, but still, the MacBook Air, uh, the the corpse of the MacBook Air really is in my closet, uh, you know, kind of in the
0: back, so I don't see it. It's really sad. (laughs) It's really sad. Yeah. It's sad. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's talk about Sonos. We've been discussing the uh, Amazon Echo a bit over the last few weeks, and we knew that this event was on the horizon. Like, Sonos announced this event in like August or something like that. Um, and it was pretty obvious based on the invitation, which was a mouth, was the image, that they were going to be do, doing some kind of spe- smart speaker stuff. I had assumed that it was an Amazon related thing, and it is. They have a new speaker called the One, which is mostly the same hardware as their previous Play One speaker, um, which is just this nice little
1: self contained unit. Do either of you have a Play One? Uh, no, I sold mine. Like a year and a half ago,
2: is the plain one, like the the one that looks like um like a HomePod, basically like a smaller HomePod. Yeah, like the sta- the standard one. Okay, yeah. yeah, I have I have the one in a box uh-huh. because we don't use it anymore. Okay, <laughs> but yes, okay, yeah.
0: Why do you why did you both get rid of it? By the way, I'm interested to know.
2: Personally, it just was so annoying to have to use like a separate app. Um, I think Sylvia and I would have used the Sonos a lot more because we love the audio quality. But being unable to um to share music directly from the Apple music app was really annoying, so you know it was too many steps and there was always something you know we needed to refresh or like to mark certain things as favorites and the u i was really different from apple music and Sylvia has no time for this stuff she gets really she gets really upset when she when she has to learn new apps or new systems. Um, So I just got rid of it and I'm probably going to sell it because it's, you know, it's useless in a box. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe if we, and this is a topic for, I guess, the next episode, but if we are going to switch back to Spotify, it really depends on Sylvia what she likes best. Uh, But I think they have the, the Sonos playback built in now, maybe, I'm not sure. Like you can, you can beam wireless audio directly from the Spotify app. I'm not sure how that works today. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. But, Spotify has the ability to play on speakers. Like I think I can play on my Echo like if it's connected. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and yeah. That's great like the Spotify Connect thing. Uh, I know that it works for the Echo, which we really like. I'm not sure if it works for the Sonos Play one. Um but anyway, the main problem a m- few months ago was that Apple Music had no Sonos option. Which is kinda of strange because they have this partnership, right? You can connect your Sonos to your Apple Music account. And I and I assume that eventually we would get like a Sonos option in the speaker UI of of Apple Music. But I guess with iOS eleven and with AirPlay two, we know what's happening, that basically Apple wants everyone to use AirPlay two instead of like custom integrations. So mm-hmm. that's probably never gonna happen unless Sonos adds AirPlay two support.
0: Um which I think they announced but not in the play one. It's they're adding it to this, to
1: the one along with yeah. a lot of other so, stuff. But before we get to that, Stephen, why did you ditch the Sonos? Basically the same reason as Federico. The sound quality was great, but at least at the time, using the app was really frustrating, and you couldn't stream anything to it, so you couldn't right. listen to podcast on it really at all. Um, it just didn't fit with what I wanted, so I got rid of it and replaced it with the Echo that we still have in the kitchen. So
0: this new speaker, the One, um, seems like Sonos' answer to everything? Is effectively what they're doing. So it is a Sonos, and you can use it as normal with the Sonos app and connect it to your Sonos system. Like you can do all of that. But also, it currently has um, the Amazon Assistant, the Amazon Echo Assistant in it. Uh, It's going to be getting AirPlay 2 in 2018 and the Google Assistant in 2018. It is unclear right now whether you can run both the Echo Assistant and the Google Assistant at the same time. So, like, if you can have one device and just ask for different trigger words, it they haven't confirmed that anywhere that I've seen yet. You know, it might be a choice or it might be both. If it's both, that is an incredibly compelling product. Um, it's $199 available for pre-order right now, shipping on October 24th. So, there are things that are yet to be known, right? Like, how good are the microphones? Are they going to be as good as the Echo? Like, how good do the speakers actually sound? Like everybody says that the Sonos speakers are better. Like, I mean, I don't know. I haven't experienced one, but like, it's going to be, I think the proof is going to be in how it performs. So Stephen, I noticed that you'd put in here. um, There's a note that like Spotify support is coming. It's not available right now, but it's coming. And currently they can only use the Amazon stuff. But you mentioned about the voice can't direct Apple music.
1: Right. So you have a couple of different things going on with this so it does all the sonos stuff it's always done it has the echo voice lady sort of layered in there as well and that voice assistant can do all the things that voices it can do but it can't talk that voices it cannot talk to spotify even though it can on normal echo spotify says it's coming soon like you said and that voice lady can't talk to apple music so the sonos sort of in its category and its column of things it can do can deal with Apple Music like it always has through the app, but you can't tell it with your voice to do something with your Apple Music library. And there is a, I wrote a blog post about it over the weekend. There's a support form, uh, about, or a form post about this, and basically Sonos is saying yes, like we want to do this. Go ask Amazon if we can do it. Like this is sort of the problem I have with this speaker is that because Sonos is just putting everyone you know, packing everyone in a little clown car of voice assistants is very confusing about what you can do with different things. And it is not on par with the HomePod, because the HomePod, you can talk to Siri and play Apple Music. It's not really on par with the Echo, because you can talk to the Echo and have it play music from Spotify. Sonos kind of falls down in this area. And for me, like, if I, like, I haven't canceled my Echo pre-order, that's still coming, but if i wanted something uh like this i would i would want to be able to talk to it and mm-hmm. have apple music play and for right now at least and for the foreseeable future that's not something sonos can do
0: so here's my question then what does airplay 2 do federico can can air if it gets airplay 2 functionality can i get it to play music <laughs>
2: don't you know
0: <laughs> i mean I you read I these. i, I don't rec- <laughs> i don't remember everything i read it one time <laughs> Okay, so
2: it's basically um, it builds upon the old AirPlay w- protocol. So it's a spec that Apple wants apps and uh, accessory makers to adopt. And among the main improvements, there are um, enhanced buffering. So uh, let's say that you have multiple speakers around the house and you want to you know you want to walk around the house. Previously, AirPlay would buffer like thirty seconds of audio. So if you walk out of AirPlay. Distance, uh, the audio cuts off.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Now the idea is, you should be apps should be able to buffer several minutes of audio, and they're basically cached on the you know by AirPlay 2, and so you can walk around the house and the audio doesn't cut off. So you, you want to take the garbage outside or whatever, uh, you can do that and the music will will keep playing. Um, that's also the idea of long form playback. So apps that our uh, music players, or podcast clients or audiobook players can mark in the, at the API level, can say, look, iOS 11, we are players of long-form audio. So whenever we are playing uh, audio on an AirPlay 2 speaker, if a system sound comes in, whether it's an iMessage a a message notification or a notification or a phone call, do not pause the uh, music playing on the speakers, but separate the system audio on a different... like. Put it on a different path and just play that back on the device the idea is that you're hosting a dinner f- with friends for example mm-hmm. and you're playing music in the background and then a message comes into your phone it doesn't lower the volume of the music or the song playing on the speakers or you know stuff like that it's really the same system that sonos had for a long time like you can play music on the speaker and you can still receive audio on the phone you can even watch a youtube video and right. the music keeps playing on the speakers so that's the idea um and from my understanding, I talked to Apple about this, there's a bunch of hardware makers that will need to, re- to release new hardware for this, but also a subset of existing ones that either have been working with Apple over the past few months that can issue software updates for Apple A2. So it's a combination of both. You either require new chips inside the speaker, or if you have a compatible chip inside, you can release a software update. You know, I guess with iOS 11.1, I'm not sure. I haven't seen AirPlay 2 supporting the beta yet. Um, but that's my assumption that it's going to launch at least before the HomePod arrives.
0: But does AirPlay 2 give the third-party speakers any ability to talk to Siri by command? I don't think so. Cuz that's what like Sonos are kind of saying in all of their press stuff. Oh, you'll be able to talk to Siri. So like I don't know what that means yet. Like I don't really know what they're saying. But if if there is a way to activate Siri via well, this thing. Well, okay,
2: okay. I understand what they're going for here. So uh, I should add that AirPlay two speakers are also a special type of device in your oh, HomeKit yes. configuration. Yes. So um, you can say to Siri stuff like "Play Oasis on my in my kitchen." Mm -hmm. And it should be able to understand.
0: But you need to say it to a different device, though, right? Like you're saying it to your watch or your phone or your iPad. You're not saying it to the Sonos speaker itself.
2: Exactly, because it would have to run iOS software inside the Mm -hmm. speaker to do that, you know? All right. So, yeah, I guess that's what they're going for. They're going to... Uh, once you have an AirPlay two speaker, it's gonna show up into the Home app, and you can assign it to a specific room in your HomeKit configuration, and you can talk to Siri, you know, talk to Siri on your iOS device or Apple Watch, and uh, ask him to ask her to to play music somewhere else.
0: So, like, my feeling about this Sonos device is like, th- situation is a little rocky right now because there's a bunch of like questions around it, but if it does end up with the Echo and Google Assistant, and the AirPlay 2 stuff all in there, and it works as expected. It could be a really interesting device, right? Like, if I could use both assistants, I could use the Echo to do all of the stuff that I normally do with it. I could use the Google Assistant if I had, like, a complex question because it has the ability to search the Google. I could get, like, a Chromecast so I can do all of the fun stuff that you can do when you have a Chromecast and a Google Home, right? Like, all of that stuff is very interesting. And then with the ability to be able to play stuff from my Apple Music on the devices via HomeKit... Like, that is a compelling product if it can do all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, if next yeah. year it's doing all of that, like, that's a product that I want to own because that is a kind of omnivorous service, right? Like, it's an omnivorous box such as, like, that's pulling in all of these services and making them available to me so I can take advantages of all of the things that they're each good at. So I think this is really compelling.
2: My only fear, I guess long-term maybe, is that by embracing everyone, uh, Sonos does not get to make any kind of decision here. So let's say, for example, that in two years, Amazon or, you know, whatever decides, um, we are not going to open up this specific API to third-party speakers. If you want to, let's say that Amazon now can generate a playlist for your day. And Amazon decides, well, this feature, the the Amazon Daily Playlist, is not going to be available on third-party speakers, but you can only get it on the Amazon Echo for some fake reason, like we need to tie it to the Echo hardware or something. But my concern is that I wonder if eventually these companies, Apple and Amazon and Google, will want to push people to buy their own hardware and their own speakers and will artificially artificially limit uh, third-party speakers that integrate over the API like Sonos and cut off access to some specific features. We are already seeing this with the Amazon platform because there is uh, there is the uh, you know Amazon Echo Web Services API and developers can do basically everything with it. They can use skills, they can issue commands, they can control your home accessories and there's a bunch of iPhone apps that replicate the Amazon Echo experience but on your iPhone. The problem is that Amazon is limiting some of the API features, like music playback, for example, so that you cannot listen to music over the Amazon Echo web services on your iPhone. You can only do so on the on the Amazon Echo speakers, and that's my concern. That mm-hmm. down the road, if this, you know, if all if everybody says, "Well, the Sonos One is just better because you can buy one speaker, it sounds great, and you get all the services," and then maybe all these other companies will wake up and say, "Why should we, you know?" Let Sonos access all the things that we should control on our home speakers, and so they're gonna start, you know, saying, "Well, this feature is not available over the API yet. We're sorry." Buy the Amazon Echo, buy the HomePod, or buy the Google Home, whatever it's called.
0: Yeah, and and I saw you tweet something a couple of days ago, which is also interesting to me. It's like, what is Sonos's route here? Like, they 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 can differentiate on hardware for now, but like, for how long? right? We, you know, there's the HomePod is coming, which is supposed to, supposed to sound great. We're going to talk about the Google Home Max in a little bit, right? Which is supposed to sound great. And they're on the high end. But once these companies start to, like once Apple and once Amazon and once Google start to really get a foothold into making great sounding speakers, if they start pushing that down the line and making them cheaper, like where do Sonos live at that point And can right. they
1: survive? Yeah, it's it's easier to make a good sounding speaker than it is to make a good voice assistant people care about.
0: Hence why there is no Sonos voice assistant. Right. That's why they're <laughs> exactly. integrating everybody else's. Um, but yeah, yeah the, the the risk is, I mean, and it's already showing, right? Like it's limited because why isn't why isn't Spotify there? Right? Like if it can integrate with yeah. everything that Amazon Echo can. Why is there no Spotify? Like That is a chink in the armor before the thing's even been released. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I've got my eye on it, right? like If it turns out to be the product that they're saying it will be, it will be a great product. But we'll have to see for how long that would last. I'm pleased to see they're doing something. Um, Honestly, I thought they would have been bought by now, but I think maybe nobody (laughs) needs or wants
1: them anymore. Again, I mean, what they solve is not... I mean they have impressive products, they're nice people, but what they're doing is the easier side of things uh but i do I do want them to succeed because I do think it's really interesting that they're sort of combining all of these things, but I do think over you know the history of every you know consumer technology platform, there's two desktop oss uh as of this week windows phone is is now like officially mm-hmm. not a thing anymore there are two mobile operating systems and i kind of think they're going to be you know right now there's three sort of voice assistant systems you have amazon google and apple and you know maybe this is the first time that three stick maybe not but i don't know if there's room for somebody who kind of straddles the line does both or does you know some combination of all three so it's it's a new ground it's new territory i hope they do well but i i uh, I'm going to see how the reviews do. I'm going to see if they can make it all work before I jump in. I'm not pre-ordering this thing at this point for uh, for what they no, want for it. No, I'm not pre-ordering it either, but I do have no. my eye on it intensely.
0: All right, today's show is also brought to you by Bonfell, the online personal styling service dedicated to finding the right clothes for you. If you're a modern man, you might want to streamline the more stressful parts of your life. Or if you know somebody who you think might need that help, Bonfell is great for them too. With Bombfell, you can update your look with brand new items to refresh your wardrobe. When you sign up, you'll be paired with your own stylist. They will hand-select items that they think work for you. They'll look through menswear collections around the world to find the clothes that you look great in. And you only pay for what you keep. Returns are free. Bombfell is the smart way to shop. It's completely flexible. You can push up, delay, or skip your shipments at any time. You'll get an email from your stylist who have hand-picked selections every time, and you'll have 48 hours to make any changes to your items or even cancel the delivery altogether. Once you have your clothes, they'll arrive with you. You'll be able to try them on, see how you feel, and you'll have seven days before any payment is taken, so you can send back anything you don't like. You're in total control. Signing up for Bombfell is super easy. You just tell them all of your measurements and the kind of clothes that you like in a simple question and then they'll go out and find the stuff that they think you're going to look great in. Bonfell also has the option to sign up on behalf of your partner. Now, Stephen, I know that Bonfell sent out a delivery to you. Um, how are you still liking those clothes? Are you still feeling fancy fresh?
1: That's that's what I... Describe I, I you I'm a fancy podcaster now Yep, because of Bonfell. It's great. No, um, I talked about the shorts last time. I'll talk about it again this time because shorts are hard for me for some reason. I have never found anything I really like and they solved that problem in my life and... uh And yeah, it was great. Like you said, easy to use. I like the stuff that came out of it. Thumbs up.
0: It's time to upgrade your wardrobe and feel great in the clothes you wear. Go to bombfell.com slash connected. That's B-O-M-B-F-E-L-L dot com slash connected. And you will get $25 off your first purchase. That's bombfell.com slash connected for $25 off your first purchase. Bombfell, open and close. We thank Bombfell for their support of this show. All right, so... Google News, the Google Home, Google Home Mini. It is a smaller Google Home, like the Echo Dot. This is one of the products that was announced in Google's big kind of, I guess it's the Pixel event, right? Like that's what it is now. Like it is the hardware event, you know, like the made by yeah. Google hardware event. But I guess over time, this is going to become the Pixel event.
1: I think so. It's a, I think they're going to do like what Apple does, the phone Eventually, it'll be the heart of it, and they have this other stuff. You know, this year, like Google Home and Pixel, I think, sort of shared time kind of more evenly. Yeah. But I think if the, if the phone takes off, it'll become the phone event, and the other stuff falls into line.
0: So, the uh, Google Home Mini it is, as I said, it's the smaller one, it's like the size of a donut. It has the fabric covering on it that apparently all home technology has to have now. Yes. I don't know what happened. Like, is this the thing that happened? Why does all smart home technology have a fabric on I it? I think
1: it looks nice because it looks softer and more gentle and not like a, a machined piece of, you know, black plastic or aluminum mm-hmm. sitting in your kitchen. It feels more organic. I like it. Do you it. have like, any yeah. other items in your home that have fabric on them that sit out?
0: Uh, That's a good point. Like, it doesn't blend in. It's just, is
1: it's such a different type of design. It's fr- friendlier. You know, more approachable. Sure, you won't
2: touch I, it. I don't get it either. When I see this device, is it constantly? Uh, I'm always thinking that I'll either drop coffee or yep. sauce on yep. it, and it's gonna look ugly for some reason. Like it, it attracts liquid. Mm-hmm. That's my
0: my thinking. Like I, I, I don't get it. So like, I have my Echo in the kitchen, right? It's on the kitchen counter. It's kind of gross now, right? Like, because it's just in and around <laughs> me cooking all the time. Like, so even just odors, odors would be. What do you- Absorbed. What are you doing in your kitchen? I'm cooking, Stephen, is what I'm doing. So, so you know, many, like I've got so things in the pan and oil's going all over the place. And, yeah. you know, like it's just, I'm just cooking. Like it sits basically really kind of next to the stovetop is where we have it. But like just, just odors, right? So like smells would be retained by the fabric. I don't know. It just yes. seems like a strange thing. <laughs> like I, I say I understand why all of these products have this kind of f- soft fluffiness to them. But all it is, is like, that's just what smart home things look like now. So, like, it, it hasn't really solved the problem I think that they're going for. like You're mm. going
2: to have to put your Echo in the washer, Mike. That's what they want <laughs> oh <gosh>. to do.
0: <laughs> Like, at least the Google ones uh. come off, right? So, like, you could, like, the Home yeah. one, the Google Home ones, like, you can twist that base off and put on a new one. I guess you could clean it, maybe, but it's like the Echo. The Echo's all soft. The HomePod's got this soft covering. The Google Home Mini's got this soft covering. Everything's got it. It looks like all of our home devices are going to the gym.
1: Is <laughs> the HomePod cloth? It's got that thing
0: around it, right? Like, I don't think that that's a hard material. I think it's like a in cloth. My, in
1: my brain, that was like metal, but I guess I'm looking at the pictures. Yeah, it looks like cloth. It looks cloth. like a mesh to me, like a, like a cloth mesh type thing.
0: Yeah. So, the Google Home Mini is $49. Um, so, it it is the Echo Dot, right? Like, it's Google's Echo Dot. Um, totally. It does look cool. Like, it looks... it. It looks nice, right? Like, it does look nice. Uh, the, yeah, the mute switch of the cloth. looks silly. Like, the, the where the mute switch is, and that doesn't seem great. I watched uh, MKBHD's video of it today. So you can ask the Google Home to mute, right? So you can, like, via voice, you can say, please mute. But then yes. to unmute it, if you want to use the switch, you have to put the switch into the mute position and then into the non-muted position to get it to unmute. Mm. Which is not no, ideal. Not great. <laughs> right like maybe just take away the ability to do it by voice I don't know or like make it a button rather than a switch because then the button state could change because it's not you know it's not physical if you just press the button I don't know but yeah I just thought that, that that's really strange but as always MKBHD did a great video on it so you can go and watch it um This is a this is an interesting product, right? One of the things that they're doing is uh, we're going to talk about the Pixel phones in a minute. They're giving these away to people for a limited time. Like if you buy a Pixel phone, you just get one of these. I can't believe that Google beat Amazon at giving away their small home assistant for free. Like the whole for for such a long time, I've been wondering when are Amazon going to give Echo Dots to Prime customers?
1: Yeah, just just they throw them out into the into the ether like a Mardi Gras. You know they throw. Beads of bead necklaces. Well, just like when you
0: sign up, right? You sign up for Prime, you give them like hundred and twenty dollars or whatever, and they just give you yeah. one, right? Like, I'm I'm really surprised that they haven't worked that out yet, because that is such an Amazon thing. It's like that totally. Echo Plus comes with a Hue bulb, right? Like, yeah, that's that's perfectly Amazon, but so I'm really surprised that Google beat them for that, like to just give it to you when you get a uh, get one of the expensive new shiny phones.
2: Well, the problem mm. is that you need to get a Pixel 2. So the, the oh, concept don't. of giving it away Well, but, uh, is... Why, why, is, that a, why is that a
1: problem, Federico? No, no, no le- Give him the ground to troll all right. so we can shoot I'm, him down.
2: I'm just saying that it in the past, it wasn't easy to get a Google Pixel phone. We've all seen the problems with people. You know, you go to the website, there's not even an option to buy a Google Pixel phone. It they doesn't change ship that. And it, they changed that. Okay. Okay, so we'll see if it goes well. So not I'm only have they that. said
0: not only had they said that they are going to do a better job, like they were like mere culpa on the stage, right? Like we did not do a good enough job of making these. Yeah. We're making more, but they did also make a change to the Play Store, which is dumb. It should have been the case. If it's out of stock, you just put your order in and they'll ship it to you when they got it. Previously it was just like, eh, no dice, which was dumb. It's a silly way to deal with things, but there you go. You can do it. Right? If you want to, you can go on their website. And if they're out of stock, you can just buy one and then they will send it to you. But yes, I get your point, Federico. They were difficult to buy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they also unveiled the Google Home Max, which sits on the top, state, top end, right? Um This is the HomePod competitor. It has two 4.5-inch woofers. And what Google is calling room filling sound. And they spent a bit of time talking about this. So they're doing some stuff to adapt and form the audio to fit the speaker's placement in the room. So it understands the room that you're in, right? Sounds like the HomePod for this. Uh, but then also, like they were saying stuff like if you put it on a, if you take the speaker, you put it on a shelf and the shelf is next to the wall and you put it in the corner, you kind of give it a minute and you hear the audio change because it's kind of scanning the room, it's understanding where it is, and then it kind of forms the audio to match the room stuff. So they're also, as you can imagine, putting all of their machine learning abilities into this. Like, yeah, it's kind of this big effort, right, that Google is doing, as they always are. You know, they say machine learning a million times on stage, um, and they're kind of building this speaker to try and do its best to fill any and all rooms. Um, Google also showed two of these being used together. Which is a question that people have asked a bunch that I've seen, and about the HomePod, like, can you use multiple HomePods to get stereo sound? Well, we don't know the answer to that yet, I don't think. Um, did did they did Apple talk about that? Silently googling in the background. Okay, thank you for doing that. But the the the, the Google Home Max, like, they explicitly showed you could do it. They also did something which I kind of like. It has an audio jack, so like, they show it with a turntable. It's like you can you can listen to your fancy hipster records. And then it will still do all of the room filling sound stuff, right? So it's it does its best to fill the the room. But you're using you're able to play with the setup that you have, which I kinda liked. Um three hundred and ninety nine dollars, US only for now shipping in December. So this is fifty dollars more than the home pod, which is a curious decision. <laughs>
1: Mind boggling, really. But you do get a free year of Google, of YouTube Red. Oh, there you go that's some of that money.
0: Do I, uh, Apple, I don't think are giving away Apple music or at least I haven't said, right?
1: I feel like they should do that. You should get like a year of Apple music if you buy a home pod. I yeah. think yeah. Like, can you imagine that, that should just be a thing that you get. No, you get a year of Apple music, but you can only listen to YouTube. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> a year
0: of you. <laughs> they give YouTube red, and Apple is just like YouTube red. And that's, that's what they get, right? Oh that's, God, that's the way that they, really come good. on, it's good, give Mike. it to me, give it to me. It was no, good. I'm get, you you no. can have it. It's no, good.
2: <laughs> no, I disagree. But yeah, they should totally give it away. Um especially because, you know, it's a uh, I think it, it it's important with these speakers um that they create a locking effect because I struggle to imagine that iPhone users uh, are really into the Apple ecosystem, like they you maybe you own an iPad and an iPhone and an Apple Watch, and I struggle to imagine that you might want to buy a Google Home Max even if it looks great. I just think that We're now approaching this stage where speakers are the next step in the lock in effect of these companies. And so, to further that lock in, I think it totally makes sense to bundle up some kind of subscription of your own services. So, I think Google has been extremely clever here in bundling up YouTube Red. And I think Apple should do the same with Apple Music. Uh, Not even iTunes credit, not even App Store credit, but just. Six months or a year of Apple Music, uh, unlimited, you know, individual accounts, not families. Maybe even a family plan, I don't know, but uh, I think they should consider the option.
0: I don't know if this exists outside of the UK, like in other countries, but like there are certain networks that if you buy the iPhone from, they will give you six months of Apple Music for free. So, like, Mm, this is, do either of you have you seen this, like in in Italy or in the US? Yes.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah.
0: Stephen, does
1: this happen in the U.S. to your knowledge? I mean, T-Mobile's probably tried it, but I don't know for sure. Yeah,
0: but like, so you know, it's not outside of Apple to give away Apple Music subscriptions for a bit, and and I do, I really do feel like if you are spending three hundred and fifty dollars on a speaker for a music service, the music service should you should get it for free for a bit, right? Like, I feel like it's not fair. Otherwise, it's like three hundred and fifty dollars. And then nine ninety nine a month, it kind of feels like a bit of a slap in the face. So even even if it's just a limited time thing, it's cool. Like, and I think a year is good for that, right? Like, if you buy a HomePod, I think you should get a year of Apple Music, like you do with the Google Mac, Home Max. So I wanted to know if what you two think about this product, right? Like, is this compelling? Uh, have Google lost their mind? Uh, can they can they charge this amount of money for a product like this? Like. How does this compare to you guys? When compared to the HomePod, like what do you think?
2: Well, I think it's fine, and it depends on, again, what kind of ecosystem you're into. I think what we're seeing is that all the major tech companies are now making accessories and other kinds of hardware Mm -hmm. to build on top of the smartphone, and so I think you know we're now seeing all these speakers come out. And I just see them as extensions of the main device that you currently prefer. So Android users will probably be interested in the, in the Google Home uh, line. And Apple people will likely uh, want to buy the HomePod. And everybody else who maybe likes to tinker more and to have more integrations will probably go for the Amazon Echo line of products. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it makes total sense from Google's perspective to upsell their most loyal customers on on a speaker and i i i have no particular opinion on this because i just think it makes sense everybody's doing it and i think i will get a home pod uh, just because i i think we're going to stick with apple music and we 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 own multiple home kit accessories and we we tend to use siri a bunch and I just feel like the speaker shouldn't be intended as a Bluetooth speaker anymore. But these smart speakers are just part of the ecosystem that, you, that you're part of. And so I would not buy a Google Home speaker as my primary kitchen or living room speaker as an iPhone user. Because I think you will, somehow, you will still get the best usage out of these speakers if you're on the native platform that they were designed for. Even if they support Bluetooth or audio jack connections, um, the tight integration between the smartphone and the web services and the company that makes them all, I think is key to understand these speakers.
0: What about you, Stephen? Does something like the Google Home Max interest you? Do you think that Google are going down a good path?
1: I think they are, and I think if you are in that ecosystem already, then this is a a, a great product. I and mean, if you want to have the Google Assistant, it's really this, and you and you want good sound quality, it's this or that Sonos speaker we just spoke about. And this seems like a surefire win over the Sonos. Now, for someone you know, maybe like me, who's in the Apple ecosystem and pays for Apple Music, I'm not particularly interested in it, but I'm glad it exists, I'm glad those people have an opportunity to have something high-end with all the smarts built into it i think this is a you know a a growing corner of the smart speaker market you know really it's uh, to go back to the previous conversation only sonos has been here before in the high-end expensive high quality end of things and by the end of the year apple and google are going to have moved in and uh, i'm curious to see if amazon follows suit at some point you know the new echo is supposed to sound better but it's not one of these things no it's not um so i I think it's a super exciting time for this corner of the market, and it'll be fun to see how it plays out.
0: Yeah, it's like for me, you know, I'm like, oof, Google, that's a really expensive speaker. But I feel the same about the HomePod as well, right? Like, I don't think that Google are doing something silly here, because I think that they are very clearly, with the made-by-Google line, positioning themselves as a premium hardware maker. Like this is the thing that they have. That this whole thing is about. Like they are putting the effort in. They bought a ton of people away from HTC. Like they want to make a real shot at this. And you know, all reports say that their stuff is good. Like their stuff is really good. So this is just another thing where I think they're just they're just pushing in and being like, we can do this, right? Like we have the people to do this. We can make an amazing speaker, and we can charge you four hundred dollars for it. And, you know, I kind of am just like, "Ah, I don't know if these things are really worth that amount of money, but I feel the same about the HomePod. Like, I have no desire to get one of those because I think $350 for a speaker with Siri that plays Apple Music is way too much money. Like, I I don't (laughs) think that that's enough. Um, Like, if anything, you know, I feel that maybe the Google Home Max might be a better deal because it has a really competent assistant fully featured inside when right now what we've seen is it's only most of Siri that's going in there. And even then, like, I personally don't find Siri to be that helpful. Um, but every time I've ever used Google, the Google Assistant has been great. I don't have a ton of experience with the Google Assistant, but at least the things that it can do seem to be a little bit more full featured than what Siri can do because it has Google search built into it. So I don't know. Your mileage may vary, right? But and I feel like you, you kind of don't want the Google Home Max unless you have other things in that ecosystem. You know, we're talking about this for the entire show, right? Like these products make sense if you're in the ecosystem already. So if like you decide that you want all of your home assistants to be Google Homes and you already have like a regular one, you're gonna get a Mini and you're gonna get a Max. Great names, by the way, Mini and Max. that's great. Um, mm-hmm. Then then this is probably a good product for the for the front room, right? If you want to have a nice music device. But that's on you. All right. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Mack Weldon. Mac Weldon make the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies and sweatpants you're ever going to wear. Frankly, Mac Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. They're so confident of this. They have you no know, questions asked return policy. If you don't feel super comfortable and super great in whatever it is you buy, if you don't like your first pair, just keep them and they will refund you. No questions asked. Super simple, super easy. Just love it. MacWeldon make undershirts that stay tucked, socks that stay up, and waistbands that don't roll. Everything they make is made of premium cotton blended with natural fibers, and their website is built to get you in and out as quickly as possible so they don't waste your time. By pairing these premium fabrics with their meticulous attention to detail and a simple shopping experience, they deliver a new level of daily comfort straight to your door. I am getting ready to fly in like two days' time. And I'm already getting my Mac Weldon sweatpants out of the drawer, laying them out. That's what I'm going to be flying in. They are the most comfortable sweatpants that I've ever worn. And I don't look like I'm just going to the gym when I've got them on. They're super great to wear. I love them. When I was in the US a few weeks ago, I just bought a ton of new Mac Weldon stuff. I really, really love what they make and thoroughly recommend it. Like If you want underwear, socks, shirts, they've got it. They've got all of it. It's fantastic. And I love their sweat stuff as well. They're good for working out, going to work, traveling, everyday life, doesn't matter what it is. And you can save 20% with at MacWeldon.com with the code connected. Thank you so much to MacWeldon for their support of this show and Relay FM. So the Pixel 2. This was the main event. Two sizes of the Pixel 2, same as before. Got a 5 inch phone which is called the Pixel 2, and then a 6 inch phone, which is called the Pixel 2 XL. It's very confusing that they called them both the Pixel 2 and one of them the Pixel 2. This is a very confusing thing for me. Like, when they were talking on stage, it was like, I don't understand what we're talking about anymore.
1: What, what do you mean? That's exactly what Apple does. A- iPhone 7, iPhone 7 Plus. They're not like, these
0: are the iPhone 7. Here's the iPhone 7, right? I, I, I don't. Okay. Carry on. Apple don't call the entire... Oh, yeah, maybe they do. Well, if they do I feel like Apple do a better job on stage of like differentiating them than Google did. I will give you that. Yeah. Right, and I guess it's because they have more experience with it, but like they kind of very quickly went into calling them the 5-inch and the 6-inch, which is not what they are. Right, like it's not the product names. Like it was when I was watching it, I was finding myself getting confused even in taking my notes as to like what's going where. I feel like maybe they need to spend a bit more time firming that up on stage. The Pixel 2 doesn't look good to me. It is looks old. It still has the regular large bezels. And the bezels, I mean, I, I have to get like a measurement here to check, but the bezels always look bigger on the Pixel than the iPhone. Um, and I don't think that it looks very good. The Pixel 2, I would be. I don't know why people necessarily would want that phone over a Galaxy Note right? like, or, or uh, S8, I should say. That doesn't make sense to me. The main event, the one that I like the look of, is the Pixel 2 XL. It still has bezels, but it doesn't have the huge forehead and chin. They're thin. This is also the look. The way this phone looks is the way that people who hate the iPhone X notch want the iPhone X to look, right? It's just a straight line right at the top. Mm-hmm. I think this looks boring.
2: Yeah. Yes, it does. I agree with you.
0: So, like, I look at this phone, right? I look at the the, the, the XL, and it doesn't have the allure to me in design, like the Samsung phones or the iPhone X right like they have a thing to their screens that make them different and kind of exciting you know like the infinity display and the notch right so you've got like these looks to them which are distinctive it's so like i look at the sure. pixel 2 xl and i'm like okay there's a big screen there but it kind of just looks like a big screen on a phone like it doesn't mm. strike me as here is something which is interesting it's kind of just like we did the thing that you were expecting us to do and we've done that
1: yeah, uh, I can see that. And I, I think that they try to make up for that with some other things in the design that are interesting. But yeah, I mean, I, eh. I Ms. Mean, phone is trying to to be, I think, a bunch of different things. Like, it's trying to be a full screen, but it's also trying to have dual front-firing speakers, which means you have to have a bezel at the top and bottom. But they don't want to be Samsung, so they don't run the screen over the edges, or maybe they can't yet. Um but I think the back of it, like they've got the window shade that looks a lot better than the last time. They have some interesting colors. I think they're trying to distinguish this where they can without doing something, you know, like the notch or the infinity display.
0: Or the essential phone, right? Like that is yeah, a more striking design.
1: It's something. So I don't know. I think the phone looks good, but yeah, it's not as distinctive or as like if this was side by side with, you know, like the LG V30, I'm not sure anyone could tell the difference. Like it, this is more yeah. generic looking than other phones, I think is the point.
0: They have a bunch of colors with names like kind of blue and just black. Uh, I love their names. <laughs> me too. The the XL comes in one edition of them. It's two colors. It's black and white with an orange sleep wake button. If I this love it. Me too. This is the phone I would get, like if I was going to get one of these, I would get the black and white with the orange button, but Me I know too. that Federico hates the orange button.
2: yeah, I really don't get it like <laughs> i I don't understand why why and and I'm counting Apple in this, but like why there's a need to add these colored accents to the default yeah. line of devices like I want like the, my the red
1: dot on the watch.
2: Yes, I I want my devices to be as neutral and unassuming as possible. Like I want them to be either playing black or playing white or just gray, because I don't want colors. Uh, I, I decide if I want to add colors either via a band or some stickers or a case. But I I don't understand why the default appearance of these devices need to needs to have these accents that a company decides play well together like i just give me a piece of plastic or just give me a slab of aluminum and call it a day like i don't mm. want colors i decide if i want to add colors like i i just don't get it i guess um i don't know i'm turning into that guy i i just don't, i just don't want this special edition whatever like uh it's uh, it doesn't look funny or elegant to me and i want my stuff to look elegant and apple is also to blame here with the apple watch and the red crown I thought initially that it was distinctive and it was fine. But after looking at a bunch of pictures, it really there's no reason why it should be red. Because uh other people that look at my wrist don't need to know that I'm that I have a cellular watch. It's not like I have an atomic bomb strapped to my wrist and like people walking around me need to know, oh look at the guy, it's got the red dot, it's it's gonna, you know, better keep a distance. Like there's no reason why I should have that mark on my Apple Watch. And with the Pixel 2, there's no reason why I should have this colored button. That's because Google thinks that orange looks okay. I mean,
0: orange looks awesome. When I see stuff like this, I I figure that, like... You know you're saying about, like, the neutral design thing? I I think maybe some designers don't want to make a device that doesn't have a thing to it, right? Okay. Mm. It's like, this is is why this phone, you can get it in black and white, right? Like, it's like they want to do a thing which is more than just black rectangle, you know? But... By doing this, it's the same with the the red dot. I do agree that like you are making a divisive ch- decision, which might not work out to be the best in the long run, right? Like you are making a strong statement, which means that people might not like it. Like the blue one, the kind of blue one that has a different blue color for the uh, the, the sleep wake button, which I think is more mm-hmm. palatable to most people. You're already buying a blue phone, like. Having it just be a slightly <laughs> different shade of blue to make it stand out is, is whatever. But on a black and white phone, to have an orange button, like you are making a very bold decision.
2: Yeah, I mean, imagine uh, this is a slippery slope, right? Imagine uh, like now suddenly your television has a green bezel and your your espresso ma- mas- machine has like uh, has like a yellow line all around the frame and yeah. your, like, light ba- your light bulbs are purple. So, like
0: or like your iMac has flowers on the side of it or something.
2: Yeah, pretty much. We were there like 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. and I guess we moved on from that. But now, you know, add colors to whatever you think it's possible. Okay, fine. I just, I don't don't get it.
0: Uh, I'm so angsty. Apple opened the door. Google walked right in. This phone doesn't have a headphone jack. (laughs) Yes. Comes (laughs) with a dongle, but no headphones. This (laughs) is the thing that's like curious to me about this decision, and a thing that I find which is more frustrating, right? Like, they took away the headphone jack, but the, they haven't really given you all of the options. They should be including USB-C headphones in the box, but they don't. And I find that kind of like a, a frustrating thing. I actually... Do, but I don't think, the the previous Pixel had headphones with it either. Like, I, I think... I, I don't remember. You know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the dongle... Solves part of the problem, but it doesn't really do all of it, right? Like you're saying to people, either use a dongle or get USB C headphones, and I don't even know how many of those exist. It's probably like as many uh lightning headphones exist, which are not many, and you probably don't want those. Uh their dongle costs twenty dollars if you need another one. This is twice the price of Apple's dongle. Headphone jacks, they're like, this is it, they're gone, they're dead. Uh
1: they're they're raking in those dongle dollars. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and it's like, it's easy to say, like, basically a massive part of Google's ad campaign last year was making fun of the fact that that the headphone jack was gone on the iPhone, and now they've done it. Okay, this is how it works, right? Like, this is just how it works. Like, they took a swipe at Apple this time by being like, all of our phones have the same specs. Like, we don't hold camera stuff for different devices, right? Like... Google still takes swipes at Apple because that's where they are. They kind of have to, right? Like the fans enjoy it. The people that they're talking to enjoy it. I get it. They are in an underdog position. So they take swipes at the big dog. Like that's that's how they do it. But it is a funny thing to me to see like now, now everybody, you can all come to the no headphone jack playing like the rest of us because this is just how all phones are going to be over the next few years. They're all going to lose them. Always on display is a feature of these phones that I really wish that Apple could do, um, especially now that Apple's going OLED because these phones both have OLED screens in them. Um, So you get the time and date always on the screen. You get little icons for the applications that have notifications and something which is kind of incredible. It has a persistent now playing thing. So it's like automatic Shazam. If you are in a room and the room is playing music, your lock screen will tell you the song. You don't have to ask. And it's doing all of this yeah. on device. It's not sending any information away. Machine learning. That's amazing. They're matching it against mm.
1: their system. That seems like a silly feature. Why do you think it's silly? What, uh, who, who needs Shazam on all the time? I would turn this off the second I got this phone. But how does it hurt you, though? I, don't want, to, I don't want to see it. It's clutter. But it's on a screen, which care. is off. Until it's on, until you look at it, then it's there.
0: Mm. Oh, oh, man.
1: It just seems silly. You can call me an old man after after he yells about the orange button. Come on. Okay, you're both old men. Come
2: on. I'm arguing about like a like a permanent physical mark on a device, and this is like a useful software feature. It's not like a useless orange dot or whatever. Wow. Like, yeah, this has a, this has a practical purpose, which also, being software, you can disable. You cannot disable the red dot on the crown. Yeah, unless you want Get to run some sandpaper on it, I don't know what
0: you want to do. But Watch dots.
2: Yeah, I mean this is this sounds amazing to me, and I'm honestly surprised that Apple isn't doing more of this. I know that Siri, in theory, should be able to identify songs, but that has never ever been as reliable and accurate as uh, Shazam or SoundHound are, in my experience. So this is pretty incredible, especially if Google is doing this on device. With yeah. Their, a a this is this as someone who constantly like I'm watching a TV show with my girlfriend or a movie. And I'm constantly reaching out for Shazam on my iPhone. So this is pretty much a teachy feature right there. That's amazing.
0: Chichi featy mm. Squeeze for Assistant. Do you want to do that? Mm. You can Squeeze the phone. Google <laughs> Assistant comes up. Wow. I don't know about this. Okay. Like, I don't know about <laughs> I mean, this. I mean,
2: okay. <laughs> it seems really sure. weird
0: to me, but like a lot of Android phones are implementing this now. Like, squeezing the phone seems to be like a thing. I don't know if I want to do it, right? Like, I feel like it's... Bad in all of the ways that 3D Touch is bad, but feels kind of worse. Right? Like, what I don't like about 3D Touch is like you're just smushing your fingers into the screen. And, like, this is like Mm -hmm. you're just squeezing the entire. I don't know, it seems weird. It seems weird. I mean, it's it's a way to activate the assistant, but I I don't know. I don't know. It's very strange to me. The camera got the highest DXO score again. Um, I don't really know if this means anything. I don't really know what it means. But there is this gallery of photos that I saw being shared around yesterday, which are uh, photos and videos from the Pixel 2, which are apparently untouched. um, And I believe that they are, because like, whatever, like, they're fine. They look incredible. Like, just, I can't believe a phone took these pictures. They are unbelievable. Uh, Google has their own portrait mode now as well, which they're doing in software with hashtag machine learning. And all of the photos that they're doing here with the portrait mode also look amazing. Um mm-hmm. what did, if you guys look through this album.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's really good looking. Yep. It's
0: incredible, right? Like some of these pictures I can't believe they came off of a phone.
1: Yeah, they're great. Really good.
0: So I'm very intrigued to see uh, camera comparison tests. Cause you know like the camera comparison tests last year that I that I was looking at, I preferred the way that the Pixel images and the S8 images look to the iPhone images. Yeah, the the problem, I think, with the DXO stuff is, like, you can't rate this stuff just in numbers. People just they, 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 they want to have different things from photos. Some people like more saturation than others, right? Like, it's just a thing. But these photos just, they do look incredible. And doing all this with one sensor, and they've got a bunch of interesting stuff in there. I think the thing that is the most surprising to me is how Google came out of nowhere with an incredible camera. Right? Like, they made their first real phone and they and then they leapfrog everybody last time. Um, I'm intrigued to see if they're going to be able to do that again with this phone. Uh, I think it shows a lot of what software can do for you if you have the software prowess, right? Like, this is what they can do.
2: Or they they came up with incredible software, which from that perspective, it's not really surprising considering that it's Google. Yep, it's like the
0: sensors take in whatever they take in but what you do with them, I guess, is what can push you ahead. Yep. And this is what Google's able to do. Uh, the yep. Pixel 2 is $649. The Pixel 2 XL is $849. So they're cheaper than the iPhones. Um, and as we mentioned earlier, you get the free Google Home, and Google is promising to have better availability. I think it's a good showing. I'm not going to buy one. Uh, I have a regular Pixel, that's my Android test device. I don't feel like I need another Android test device. But if I was somebody in the in the Android camp, like this is probably the phone that I would end up buying, the 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 Pixel Two XL. So like the design doesn't push my buttons in the same way that the Samsung phones do, or the, in the same way that the Essential phone does. Mm-hmm. But these phones are two things: they're hardware and software. And I personally would want stock Android over anything else. That's what I would want, and that's what this phone gives you. It's Very impressive. Yeah,
1: it looks it looks great. They really had does. a bunch
0: of other stuff at the event, like this Chromebook Pixel thing, which doesn't interest me. It uh, looks like one of those convertible laptops. Um, and they had some other stuff too, like their Pixel Buds, which is their um, AirPods. Look kind of interesting. Uh, they had this translation feature, which is kind of cool. But yeah, I, I watched the event. The event was good. They seem really confident in their stuff. Um, this made by Google line, it's shaping up to be a real deal. Like Google Google is making good hardware. Um, and again, I'm interested to see what the reviews look like of the of the Pixel Two, um, especially when compared to the iPhone 10, which is soon, soon, a couple of weeks, and we can put in our pre-orders. And then wait for months, and yeah, wait forever. All right, that's it for this week's show. As we said, next week we're going to be giving you a live episode, so look out for that next week. Um, that that might be out on Monday. We might have that episode out on Monday, so a little bit earlier than usual, because we're going to be recording earlier than usual. Um, if you want to find our show notes this week, go to relay.fm slash connected slash 163. Thanks again to our lovely sponsors for this week's episode, the fine folk over at Mac Weldon, Blue Apron, and Bombfell. Um, if you would like to find us online, there's a few places you can do that. You can go to macstories.net for Federico's work, and he's also at Fatichi on Twitter. Stephen is uh, uh, at ISMH, and he's at five And I am at iMike, I M Y K E. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, guys.
1: Arrivederci. Adios.